all right what is up everybody we are trimming the fat uh as you can see our buddy adam can't be here today uh but we reached out to david packer and he decided to come on and grace us with his presence um i am the host of luke loses podcast i talk about uh my my journey losing weight and the mental struggles that i deal with in the process so Corey. yep i'm Corey. i uh have a lot going on uh, one of them is life is reality is one of my youtube channels i also manage a couple small businesses as well as another youtube channel and just kind of the all around i keep busy with everything kind of guy so with that i'd like to thank david for taking the time to join in us and gracing us with his presence david tell us where we can find you at buddy yeah hey uh thanks for having me guys so i am mostly on youtube under just david packer and then on instagram as real david packer and uh i just try to document my trying to lose 300 pounds and the struggles and the successes awesome awesome and if you guys haven't watched his videos i'm gonna link it again down below i i just i that's my sunday activity as one thing that i like to do now is i really enjoy the quality of his videos and stuff they're pretty good thank so you, thank you. yep good stuff so today we're just going to talk a little bit and kind of go with some things uh Luke had a couple of ideas. What we were going to talk about, Adam was actually pretty excited to join in on, but he couldn't make it. So we're going to hold that off. So we're just going off the, the cuff here a little bit. Luke, you did a podcast here. What was it, two weeks ago now on goal setting? Uh, it, it was, uh, I guess, something like that, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I had I had a buddy of mine, uh, lifelong buddy, uh, Mark Lapham. He came on and... Uh, he's got the master resilience training and we just talked about the one section of it with goal setting and uh, you know his one of his things was he thinks that most people goal set improper so it was cool that he, he broke it down and explained to me uh, uh, the uh, uh, a healthier way to goal set so I um I've actually got a little flyer here. I'll post in our in the trimming the fat group, um, and I'll I'll try my best to talk about it. Awesome! Now this is the seven step thing that you sent me as well as what you're going to post later. Well, yep. I'm just going to go off the steps here so people kind of know. You know, like step one, define your goal. Step two, know where you are right now. That's a bigger step than what I think most people are willing to admit. Um, step three, decide what you need to develop. Step four, make a plan for steady improvement. Step five, pursue regular action. Step six, commit yourself completely. That's t- I don't know if I can do that. that that's, that's a tough one there. Step seven, continually monitor your progress. So go all big brother on yourself. Yeah, and then when when you're done with seven, you go back to one, and then you can like refine it and, and keep keep going and you know get it get it pinpointed in. That's that's great stuff. Oh, I just put a frowny face on that for some reason because I was trying to share it to David if I could see if I can change that. <laughs> that's yeah. I I really like that because I think like you said, a lot of people don't recognize what goes into goal setting, 
and I was just uh, learning about it a little bit more actually in the last couple of weeks too. And I think that uh, one of the things I learned was that a lot of people are scared to set goals because now you have an option to fail now that you have a goal. So it can be a little scary or daunting. And that's why that step, I think it was two of knowing where you are right now can help you set appropriate goals. Um, not something yeah. that's going to be too scary. Well, and I think, you know, the reason I said something on that step two, you're right. Knowing where you are right now is I think uh, no matter where you're at, if you're struggling with something, I think we all automatically have a bit of denial going on, you know, of ah, it's not really that bad or nah, I only drink a half a fifth of whiskey a night, so I don't have a problem. It's all good. <laughs> you know, little things like that. And I think uh, if you put things in a perspective of reality of, you know, like one of those little timers, and it's one that I really hate that tells you how long you've been sitting. I don't know if you guys have seen these or not, or you can get an app on your phone half the time that if it sits still, your phone buzzes after like 15 minutes. Well, it's not too awful long that I'm resetting that to buzz at me in 30 minutes. And then it's like, no, you shut up and you don't talk for at least an hour straight. Okay. I got things to do here. I'm, you know, but you get into doing something on the computer or whatever, whether it's Facebooking or, you know, editing photos, it doesn't take long, you know, click off an hour, two hours, three hours of just sitting completely still, basically. And gee, I don't know why I'm so fat. Yeah, I need to be a little real with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing that he was talking about was that a lot of times people take off too much of a bite in their goal or not enough. Right. So one of my goals is to run a 5k eventually. I don't know why I just, I would love to, to be able to run. And you know, like we went through and talked about what I need to do to achieve that goal. What are some of the things that I need to work on? Like his example was if you want to, you know, do a, a triathlon or whatever, and you don't know how to swim, you need to figure that out. You know what I mean? So with that, the, the steps, the setup process that we're going to post, it really makes it to where it would be hard not to reach your goal. You know, if you, if you follow it along and you, you know, realistic goals, like I can't say that I'm, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds in you know, three months because I mean, it is possible in a very unhealthy way but it's it's not a realistic goal so yeah i i really enjoyed talking to him him and i talked for i think an hour and like i said we only went over one part of the resilience training that he deals with and um if if you get a chance check out you know the master resilience training i don't know if it's available to civilians but it started as a thing for athletes and then the military adapted it and was like you know this would be really good for soldiers so they they took it they had people come in and you know make it for that and him and I were talking and like I said I've known him almost my you know whole life like I don't he's my oldest friend and he was telling me like you know this 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 and this go directly with weight loss so it's it's pretty awesome how all that stuff and even the the goal settings like you don't have to 
do that for weight loss because it, it could be, you know, your goal in everyday life. You can go off of that, that path right there. Yeah, I, I think I'm the goal setting. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I was Googling it. So don't mind me looking down and everything. I'm on it. Yeah, I'll have to look into that, uh, what you're talking about. That, that does sound interesting. Because I do think that goal setting, it really, um, it takes taking an honest, hard look at yourself, you know, some introspection. So that alone is is pretty difficult in nowadays where we're always being pulled away from different uh, distractions and devices and all that. And uh, so to, to take an honest, hard look at yourself, it can be a little bit scary, but uh, that, that definitely, I, I like how he broke down those steps there. Yeah. So I know, uh, uh, David, you said that your, your, one of your goals is to lose, you said 300 pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, what, what other kind of goals do you have? Like even, um, you know, small goals, big goals, what, uh, what are some things that you are looking forward to, to reaching? Yeah. Um, well, one of my, I guess, small goals is right now I wear six XL, uh, uh, shirts. So I would love to get down into like the five or four XL uh, here. It's it's kind of crazy. I've been, I've lost already nearly sixty pounds, but I still haven't gone down a shirt size yet. So maybe hopefully it'll come here soon. But yeah, that would be like a smaller goal. Um, I think um, another smaller goal I have is to just do something active three times a week. That was one of the goals I added. Because my first goal when I started was, okay, I'm going to have 2,000 calories a day. And that was my only goal. So now that I've kind of mastered that, I've been adding other goals. And one is, yeah, to do something active three times a week, which is very attainable because, you know, I got a dog, I got kids. So it's easy to go to the park or take the dog for a walk. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What about you, Corey? What are some of your, your goals that you... Man, you, you got me tough with me. Now, I, I have a goal, and my excuse keeps me from one of those goals is I want to be exercising more. And when you said something about biting off more than you chew, that's kind of a double edged sword because I, you know, I just built out my entire gym in my basement and stuff, and I haven't been using it much because every time I do, my knee just is killing me. So one of my goals is to get to a point to where I can, you know, exercise without my knee killing me, which, you know, hopefully that'll be with some weight reduction. But in a sense, I use that as an excuse not to go to work out in the gym because well, it's going to hurt my knee because I automatically focus on more functional and, you know, building my foundation and stuff. So with that is, you know, getting those legs and getting everything corrected and stuff. Part of my knee joint pain is, well, one, they're ruined, but two, also uh, muscle stability and, you know, transference of weight off of the joints um, is one of the things. And so I automatically, whenever I start working out, I automatically go to that because I identify it as that is a serious weakness of mine, which causes the pain. But then I use this circular rotation of excuse not to. So, yeah. you know, my goal is I need to be working out more. <laughs> but <laughs> as you can see, I just opened up a whole spew of yeah. my own excuse. And I guess now you guys have to be my accountability partners because you know everything <laughs> about it. I'm on it. I have a question about that. I don't mean to completely derail the topic, but 
Um, I've been watching, so talking about your pain there reminded me of watching some of these motivational, like huge names. And one of them that you're probably familiar with is David Goggins. Uh-huh. And he, he's all about like, you know, pushing through the pain. But I, in my mind, I'm always questioning, like, it almost sounds like it can be taken to an unhealthy point, you know, like, because for your knee, maybe it does need to have the rest and the ice and all that. But it, maybe sometimes it needs to be pushed. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, David Goggins is an excellent, excellent example. I've, I'm in the middle of reading his book right now. This is a guy who drove himself so hard and so much that his body started shutting down and it almost killed him. It's from an ultra marathon or two things. So yes, mentally, he has this amazing ability to push through. And I agree with some of those steps, but there's also a point in time where you have to have a reality check on that as well. So there's, you know, and with a lot of the pain that comes with obesity and joint pain comes from a few different directions. One is the obvious of the extra weight that we've carried on there uh, on our body. So the easiest way to explain it is uh, if you take two sticks and you want them to hold a lot of weight, I'm flipping everyone off. If you take two sticks and you want them to hold a lot of weight, you put them straight onto each other, straight down that holds a lot of weight. Well, all of our muscle tissue, all our all of our muscle and our ligaments and our joints and everything are designed to where they never come straight on impact. We're supposed to like, when we step, we're supposed to step on the ball of our foot. If we step on the ball of our foot, then our arch support takes that first shock absorption. And if that heel doesn't strike, then that amount of force skips our ankle joint and goes directly into our calf. I'm not showing you my legs, so hopefully everybody can use their imagination. From your calf, if that knee doesn't come straight out, if there's a bend to it, that weight transfer goes to the quad. Then from the quad to the glute, then absorbs on through the body. Whereas if you heel strike straight down, and anybody can stand up right now and try this, you heel strike straight down, then that heel drives that weight directly through your ankle, directly into your knee, and directly into your hip, causing all of these same problems. So that's one area of, you know, obesity pain where we get is our muscles become, I want to use that word atrophied. I know that's excessive and it's not... 100% true, but underdeveloped and underworking where my calf muscle can't support all of that weight. So it goes to the easiest way of resistance of supporting itself, which is going directly point on point. Um, Another thing is our water intake and our nutrition intake and things like that is if you eat a lot of acidic foods, if you eat a lot of things that are, you know, aren't good for you or if you just plain don't drink enough water have enough vitamin d you know simple stuff like that can cause a lot of extra joint pains and things so i don't even know if i answered your question dave but i think i just kind of he knew he was opening a book didn't he (laughs) yeah so for me like the the working through the pain i think one you have to know your body you have Mm -hmm. to know your limit because working through the pain and destroying yourself are, are far on the, on the scale. You know what I mean? So right. 
um like i'm gonna i'm gonna touch back on a little bit what you were talking Corey, about the excuses right so i was goofing off <laughs> I, I can't believe i'm gonna say it i was standing on my head in, in the bed i was like goofing off with the wife i wrote i did a somersault and had my feet on the wall and uh my <laughs> yeah fully dressed and the ne- I, I gotta was, ruin I my imagination just, <laughs> i had a good image go. go on because i was like i've never i've never been able to do this right so yeah. i can actually stand there and it was cool and then the next day i was like oh my gosh i can barely move my lower back was killing me uh-huh. but it wasn't enough to stop me right? right and for a week i made it enough to stop me right so i was telling myself eh, you don't need to go to the gym you're, you're in pain you don't want to make it worse but i knew going to the gym and walking on the treadmill or getting on the elliptical or getting on the bicycle wasn't going to damage my back right but i could have worked through that pain you know yep. what i mean so i guess and i i know where i was at it wouldn't damage me essentially is what i'm trying to say like i was just making excuses and i i you know i took the easy way out so back to your question on working through the pain i think for the average person is we do need to toughen up and we do need to go through the pain we need to you know grit down and bear it i I think there is a reality to that i think there are very few people in the world that can get to the mental state of david goggins on pushing through to the point of massive internal failure organ failure kind of a state that that takes a lot i think that we can learn a lot though in that we are tougher than what we think we become a very soft society we become very complacent in things and mental acuity and mental you know fortitude are a couple of those areas where I think everybody can gain a little bit at we always second guess ourselves anymore or we look directly to Google for the answer versus, you know, 30 years ago, you didn't have Google. You went and you figured out the answer. You know, it wasn't a, hey, is me doing, you know, uh, squats this way going to hurt? Only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yep, that hurt. <laughs> Does it hurt in a good way? Does it hurt in a bad way? So I, I think pushing through that pain is a, is, uh, a necessity for us especially in every experience that i've had in obesity even the pain that i have right now i can't let it stop me 100 percent. you know this week we're going back down to the uh ozarks and we're gonna go hiking and stuff like that am i gonna feel it for a week afterwards oh yeah i'm gonna feel every minute of it but i'm not giving up that memory i'm going to work through that pain i'm going to you know not complain about it i'm gonna drink a whole crap ton of water i'm gonna you know try to do what i can and go and no two things no my wife's telling me two things so but yeah so back to you david (laughs) no i think those are two really good points i love that so you gotta know yourself and know your limit and then number two you need to know that you're probably capable of more than you might think. 
that the human body is very resilient. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, there's stories of people lifting cars off of, you know, somebody. So, I mean, you're, you're definitely able to go further than you think. Like with that, they, one thing I really love, uh, I heard that your, uh, brain will give out before your body does. So like your, your brain will stop you before you can reach that goal or reach that, that limit. So usually, I mean, it's usually way before that limit too. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one good example is as a big guy, grab a hold of a barbell, you know, a nice knurled one that's hanging on the squat rack high enough to where you can hold on to it until you lose grip. And I know with all of our weight, we're heavy enough to actually start tearing your skin. You'll let go before your skin tears nine times out of 10, even though realistically you have the ability to hold on until that skin tears. That's, that's kind of that point of being able to work through that point. People like David Goggins or the only person like David Goggins, he'll hold on to that until his skin tears and keeps holding on. He's not giving up. The man did how many like pull-ups in a day, like 4,000, 6,000, something like that. I mean, he's, he's a special individual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if, if you haven't read his book, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, that that's one I, I got recommended to me a couple of years ago and I couldn't put it down. Yeah. Okay. Just amazing story. David, have you read it yet or just considering it? No, I haven't read it yet. I'll have to check that out. Um, I I've only seen him on like, I think he did a pretty long Joe Rogan podcast interview. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've seen that, but I haven't read the book. I, I would love to read that. Yeah. It, 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 it shows a lot. Uh, you know, and I, like I said, I've only been, you know, reading through it i haven't got all the way through it and stuff but you know he starts with the foundation it's a it's an interesting story i'll I'll tell you that you know it starts out he grew up in a rough life and i'd like to say i couldn't relate to anything he grew up in but you know he he grew up rough hey there's no doubt about it so um david on your youtube i was checking it out i actually reached out to you a couple weeks ago um, I seen you did that plucking challenge where you, you walked and picked up garbage. Um, I think that's awesome. I did it, uh, with my, with my kid and we had a blast doing it. So for those of you that don't know, uh, plucking, where'd it come from? It was, uh, so apparently yeah, it was a trend in Sweden. I think it was where they have the words plucka up or something like that, where it's to pick up. And so, yeah, that started plugging where you pick it up while you're jogging or plucking while you pick up trash when you're walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's really awesome. And I, I, I'm trying to bring it back, you know, yeah. like you said, a couple of years ago. Um, and I've even noticed when I'm driving around, I'll, I'll see a bunch of trash on the road. And I'm like, all right, so maybe next weekend I can start here. And, uh, you know, it, it feels good to, to be able to do that. And like you said, you're getting a little bit of cardio and you're moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's that's wonderful. You, yeah, and I then think, I drive by. <laughs> I like I think to drive they, by where I picked and see, kind of, oh, wow, that looks good over there. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that kind of goes back to some of that mortal, or mortal, wow, that's a not right. Um, <laughs> that mental fortitude or that mental, uh, you know, pushing through things. I think that's a great way to tie that in of 
I think you said something, David, that you got into it to where you were just walking and doing something and it didn't really seem like exercise at that point in time. You were doing another another task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely, I would put on a podcast when I was doing it and just um, kind of zone out and do the work. And it, it was actually very enjoyable to get out. The weather is in Arizona right now here in Phoenix. It's perfect. And so it was an enjoyable thing. And like uh, like you were saying there, Luke, you could do it with your uh, family. That's something I've yet to do that I want to do with my kids. Because I think kids would also really enjoy it. Um, and, uh, and, and probably the coolest thing is that after you've done it, you just kind of like feel good. It's like when, I don't know if you guys ever had that. I was in like Boy Scouts and we go like paint somebody's house or something like that. And just afterwards, you feel pretty good. That's the yeah. same thing with this. You just kind of feel good inside afterwards. And I think that's a really good point, I, or at least I want to try to point out, is that sometimes to push through that mental, you know, pushing through that pain or whatever, getting to that mental state is to by distracting yourself, doing something else, that that goal is still within that parameter. If my goal is to walk more, well, I'm not going to go out and walk. I'm going to go do this task of walking and I'm going to go pick up things and I'm going to do that, which in turn kind of may have to use a little trickery on ourselves to be moving and doing that to where we aren't stuck on it. I'm not, you know, going out for a walk. I'm going to go pick up some trash and no matter what I do, I have a goal achieved and then throw a podcast on and hopefully maybe in the next thing I realize is I'm on my third podcast and I've been out here for two and a half hours. Yeah, so I'm going to touch on two things real quick. The first one, how dare you bring up the good weather that you're having? Like I'm in (laughs) Michigan, my heat's still on and it was snowing today. So (laughs) don't, don't do that. Um, And (laughs) the second thing is I think I, I, I pushed myself a lot harder because like, I'd be like, all right, well I can stop now. And then I'd see more garbage up the way. So then I'd walk a little bit further and then pick that up. And then when I'm there, I'm like, oh man, look at all this garbage. So then we pick that up. So it like, it, it felt really good to do it, you know? Uh, and like you said, driving by, like I take that route to go out to my mother's and I, there's like three routes I can take. And I take that one more now just mm-hmm. to, you know, like, Hey, you know, when I've got the kid with me, I'm like, Hey, we clean that up. Yeah. So, yeah definitely it's it is an awesome feeling and i think if you're gonna like if you know yourself and you know hey i like to watch this show once a week or i like to watch this podcast if you're gonna do that anyways why not just do something uh that benefits others as well and yourself while you're doing that show or podcast yeah Mm. absolutely yeah i think you know it's Reminds me of a story that I don't know completely anymore, but the moral of it is somebody wanted to have good deeds done on to them, or they wanted to, you know, have have a difference made in their life, where they were directed to go help others then, and by going out and helping other people, and being the person delivering the good deeds, or being the person delivering the the you know relief of whatever it is in their life turned around and it you know kind of gave it back to them in the same way just by going out and doing it 
I know that doesn't make anywhere near as clear a sense of the story that I heard it at, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I think it, it kind of relates in the same way that, you know, we all need to be doing more exercise. We all need to be, you know, involved more with our communities. We need to be involved more with reality of life. I mean, somebody even named a YouTube channel off of it just because of that simple fact that we become so detached on everything that sometimes just going out in the park and doing your part uh, well, it's not even necessarily your part in society anymore that we hire somebody and pay our taxes for somebody to clean that park. By going out and doing part of that good deed benefits us in more than just one way. And I think we can all learn to do that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had something I was going to touch on, but it went out. I lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I stole your thunder. Uh, yeah, no, you're good. Um, well, let's talk about juicing. So, David, I seen that you uh, you did some juicing uh, this recently. So, you're, you're, I think today's video, was it, it? did it come out today? Yeah, today's video is about juicing. And it's based on um, that documentary that came out on April 1st. It'll have been, so in just a couple of days. It'll have been 11 years since that documentary Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead came out. And it's up on YouTube. I just found it for free. So if you haven't seen it, it's right there. Maybe that's what you listen to while you do the talking. But I guess it'd be hard to watch it, though. But um, uh, it's it's basically where this gentleman, Joe Cross, he did a diet of juice only for 60 days. And he lost something like, I can't remember exactly, 85 pounds or something. He got off of all of his medication. And um, I just wanted to kind of do a mini version of that. So I did three days of only juice on my YouTube video that I posted today. And luckily I had a juicer. I got one from a Goodwill store way many years back and I just had it used it once and put it away and never used it. But I busted that out and um, I was trying different recipes and did that for three days. And I, I mean, it was really hard. It was something that uh, it was, I was at the last day, I was like, oh, I just want to eat something normal. Um, but I did lose, end up losing 11 pounds throughout the three days, which is probably, like I say in my video, probably like too much. That's probably for three days, that's too quick. And that's one of the critiques of the juicing documentary that I've seen online is they say, you know, if you're juicing fruits, especially, you're going to end up with a lot of sugars and you it, and it, this diet sometimes can lead to increased loss of water weight if you're not, you know, making sure you're, you're taking a lot of water. So I'm assuming that of some of the significant amount of that 11 was water weight, but uh, it was still, like I say at the end, my conclusion is that it was a good mental exercise in not... Um, having to chomp on my food but you know i could do things like this in my weight loss i can fast i can have doesn't have to be a hot meal even i could have a salad or piece of fruit or or something that it it just there's different ways of consuming my my meals and it kind of breaks things up mentally yep i actually started a restaurant off of juicing oh okay when I, one of my times when I was losing a lot of weight, I started juicing and quickly found out that it's a lot of work to juice that much. 
but it's not that much work to juice an extra juice that I could sell for 10 bucks. And I, you know, started selling juice. People were seeing results in my life and stuff like that and started selling juice. I, before work, you know, every morning, me and my wife would juice, you know, like 40, 50 pounds of produce every morning. And I'd take some and deliver it on my way to work and I'd go to work and I'd deliver a little bit more. And my wife would make some of the day to deliver afternoon or after work and stuff. And that actually founded our restaurant. We had a health food farm to plate centric kind of restaurant that we'd started. And, you know, I didn't get all the same benefits of Joe Cross. I was looking for that one time where he said in his documentary that he didn't film it and he wished he did where he had like, I can't remember how this whole ball of uh, slime came out of him, but you know, whichever way it did sounded really disgusting, but he went through this cleansing stage that was really dramatic. And, you know, I was always hoping that I could get that because I never felt, you know, I didn't feel bad, don't get me wrong, but I never felt that miraculous step of just, wow, the world is great. Um, But juicing is an excellent way to get certain nutrients that you need in easier than others. You know, you throw in two pounds of kale into something, you know, yes you will have extra sugars and stuff like that luke and i were talking about a little earlier but you throw two pounds of kale in with you know some apple juice or some carrots and some other things like that and you have that nutrients that you wouldn't necessarily have i've learned that you know i have to have fiber that's just how my body works on every level and we can talk about that if you guys want to too but um juicing definitely has points and i know luke you're wanting to do like a three-day cleanse or something like that i say we video as much of that and we just use use an experiment and put it on (laughs) guinea pig yeah actually i thought about doing it i wanted to to document um every meal you know give my review of it but um i a couple weeks ago i said in, in one of my episodes of the podcast that i wanted to go to a juice store and get the stuff to do the cleanse but the the juice store around here is only open like two days a week and it's like four four hours a day so it's so hard to get in there um i'm just gonna have to order it online but they do a pack where it's you know like a um it's called like a small one day cleanse or a whole cleanse um a small two day small three day so on and so forth so yeah i I really want to try it just for the, the cleanse aspect. Um, I've read a lot of things where uh, what kind of stuff it could get rid of in, in your body. And I, I think that would be super beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's fine. You can do it. I'm, I'm just thinking in the back of my head that, you know, to actually cleanse and get probably one of the most efficient cleansings one isn't a short-term kind of thing and two it's a complete shift of your microbiome and that's the more that i've learned and that's a totally different topic totally different direction of what juicing is so i think i'm going to leave that to the side for right now unless you guys want to dig into that or not but you know juicing has its perks 
and but it also has the things where you got to limit you know because a lot of people think that well i just had juice your body's convinced that it's had this liquid um so it, it can kind of fool like you were talking about briefly there david of your water uh intake you know can kind of give you that sensation of i've had my liquids so i don't need any more water when in reality you should have a little bit more water with that <laughs> yeah i can definitely speak for myself that when i, I personally and i wasn't super knowledgeable going into doing the juicing so maybe i was trying really bad recipes or maybe i should have uh drank more water or whatever but for me it it did kind of hurt my stomach a little bit while i was doing it and then at the end when i switched back to regular food even though i went fairly light um like eggs and turkey bacon things like that it like hurt my stomach when i switched back to normal so um but i i don't know i i think overall i'm happy that i did it um maybe it'll kind of kick start some weight loss i just don't know yet because i just finished up with it but um it it i what i say in my video is now i have that as a tool i can use for my weight loss so if i want to in the future have that for breakfast or as a snack or something if i'm hungry then that's a, a great option that i have now right absolutely and it's nice to be able to add certain things and like i told luke ahead of time that you know sometimes just getting certain things in uh by juice is a lot easier like wheatgrass is one of those things where if i could do a shot of wheatgrass every day i would we don't have a juice thing next to us and my wife doesn't like looking at a juicer anymore so it's one of those things that we we'd have to grow it all ourselves and be prepared with it and everything but it's one of those things where i think if you have that ability it's definitely has perks to it there's also the point of you know by the time you try to cut all the sugars out though, you end up with a really hardcore juice that will turn people away from juicing 100%. You can't just go straight spinach juice. You can't just go straight kale juice. Straight, straight spinach juice may kill you, just so y'all know. I mean, it's it's actually possible. You can have too much spinach and die. Um, other cruciferous uh, vegetables you can do fine with, but uh, you know, if you give somebody a straight kale, broccoli, cucumber juice or whatever, that stuff does not taste good to somebody who's not used to it. It is bad. But if you do it all the time, you can work up to it. It's one of those things, if you could have that juice once a day or a juice like that and be okay with it, you pack a whole crap ton of nutrients in there and a liquid rush that you wouldn't get any other way, you know? But I think that having that as a tool, as you said, is a necessity because if you had that in between, you know, good fiber rich meals, then your body's able to react in a lot better way and process it more thoroughly all the way through. Awesome. Wow. Speechless. Yes. Go. Cool. Um, so David, on the, on the juice, do you feel besides the the stomach issues did you feel good doing it or was it um because um, I, I haven't I have, i'll be honest i haven't watched the video yet i started yeah. it and then we did this and then i was listening to Corey watch it but yeah. um well yeah how'd you feel when you were when you did it well and i was re-watching the documentary uh fat sick and nearly dead and he said he said the first few days 
he just was curled up in bed the whole few days. It was very hard. So I think that my experience of only doing it three days, although that is kind of a long time, it's not really a long time. So for me, it, it, I didn't feel great on it. Um, I was getting like headaches. And again, that may be partially my fault because I was having um, like 20 ounces for breakfast and then like 40 ounces for a lunch and dinner because I didn't like the taste. So that's how much I was having. Maybe if I had more of the juice, then I would have had more calories and then I would have feel stronger and not have headaches and all that. So um, maybe, you know, there's things that I could have done differently. So I don't want to throw it all, you know, like under the bus. But for me, yeah, it was, I felt my energy down. I got headaches. It, maybe it's just because it was such a huge switch from my normal day. But um, it, it would, it took, it wasn't a huge, I didn't feel like, I was on cloud nine, like, oh, wow, I'm so light now. No, it was not that for me. Yeah, actually, no, that's normal. Um, if you switch to an all juice, uh, a couple of things happen is one is you do start detoxifying certain things. Now, whether that detox be from caffeine or detoxing other, you know, things that you have going on. Um, the example I always used with people, because my wife, every time we'd start juicing, would have massive, massive headaches. I mean, it, it was debilitating migraines. And it comes down to basically, if you watch a dog, when a dog gets sick, what's a dog do? He goes and he lays down. I've seen dogs that were sick that laid for three days, just thinking they're going to die. And then after about the third day, they pop up. We have a similar kind of rebuilding ability but when you start going through a detox of you know whatever it is it could be pesticides in your food it could be you know just your cholesterol is too high whatever it is your body can get to the point when it says hey i'm taking in this kind of purity of nutrition i'm going to put that to use but for me to do so you got to sit your ass down this is going to be rough and literally can put people straight to bed for three, four days. And, you know, it wasn't uncommon. I think one time my wife didn't eat for like two days, started juicing for like a week. And then after about a week, it was just like, uh, I'm, uh, I can't do anything. And then it was after that, then all of a sudden, oh, hey, I'm feeling a little better. I'm, you know, getting some of that. Cause we hold a lot of sickness within us a lot of times that, you know, when we're overweight, we're unhealthy in a lot more ways than just weight. Weight's just the one physical aspect that we can easily see. So it's easy to point that finger on. It doesn't tell us the condition of our liver. It doesn't tell us the condition of, you know, our gut microbiome. It doesn't tell us the condition of our heart. You know, we can have a lot of stuff going on inside of us that when your body says, hey, I'm seeing this stuff that I can put to use, I can heal myself now. I've stopped taking in this kind of foods or whatever. Let's do this. Down you go. Time to repair some stuff. So you guys are making it. So I really wanted to do this. <laughs> hey, there's, I mean, but you can expect a headache. You can expect. Yeah, no, I, you can. So the only thing I really looked into it, I didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of deep research into it. Right. So, um, I looked at like pros and cons and stuff and mm -hmm. you know, the average stuff things, you know, are popping up. Um, but it's really good to know this because I, I still want to do it. Right. I, I, well, one, 
I want to know if I can do it. Like if I'll be able to stick with something like that, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, too, I want to, I want to know if I can get some, you know, beneficial effects from it. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing is, is, if you've been eating clean for the past, you know, three, four, five months, you may not miss a beat. <laughs> Everything may already be, you know, on point. That's the weird thing about sometimes changing some of that stuff so drastically is how much is it an actual drastic change in your natural diet? I mean, if you're naturally just eating salads, you know, once a day and all your food's really clean and good, going to juice may just be like, hmm, I'm missing fiber, (laughs) you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, David, is there anything that you want to talk about? You got anything that you want to bring up that we can... uh maybe discuss hmm, let me think that's a good question um well i'll I, say first a thought uh you, you just got a thousand followers on instagram right yeah yeah just got a thousand so, can congrats on that that's awesome thank so, you yeah yeah people watching thousand. your journey yeah it, it's so it's awesome to get the support and um you know get lots of messages and I've learned, I've had to learn which messages you reply to and which you don't in your DMs because some of them are like, hi. And then there's like, you look at the person's profile and they have like one picture and they have no followers. And then, or sometimes you click at the picture and they're like wanting to like sell you something. Not that that's bad. I mean, everybody's got to make a living. But um, so I, I've had a lot of fun on Instagram. And yeah, the reason I was kind of late for the podcast was was out in my yard jumping in the pool and kind of thanking everybody for the thousands of followers so um it's been it's been fun there um but yeah what i thought of is i'd love to know what what kind of low impact weight uh or low impact exercises that you all do because i found that i've done like walking uh, what else have i done I've done like little resistance band type things in my backyard, but what what other low impact exercises do you all do? Luke, you want to start? I'll let you start. Um, so I I go to a gym, right? Like I don't have the room in my yeah. So um, I love the elliptical. Okay. I'll get on that and I'll you know I'll do that up the resistance a little bit, get a good sweat going. I start breathing heavy. Um, but it, every time I've lost weight over the past seven and a half years now, um, it's always, I've always worked on the elliptical and it works, you know, like it's going to help you're going to lose weight if you use that, if you're, you know, eating right and all that. But, um, I, I love it. And I, I've never been in a whole lot of pain other than, you know, being wore out. Um, and then the, the stationary bicycle. I, I absolutely love that. I actually went and bought a bike uh, two years ago, um, a real bicycle uh, from a pawn shop. And I, I love doing that. Like that's so much fun. And I, I'll get up before the sun does and go so I can watch the sunrise on my bike ride when I do it. I haven't, I haven't done it in like a year and a half. Um, and it, it's gorgeous. Like, you know, every, like I live out in the country, so. Uh, every sunrise is is beautiful out here so i i always recommend get a bicycle like if you if you like nature mm-hmm. um yeah so the elliptical bicycle walking and then um 
we talked a little bit about like battle ropes. I think it was last week or the week before. And if you've never done battle ropes, that is a workout, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's not, it's not horrible. Cause I mean, with the low impact, you, you know, you're not jumping usually both feet are on the ground um, doing like the, the exercises besides the, the machines, but usually both feet are on the ground. Sometimes it'll be one foot on the ground, but uh, yeah, the battle ropes, man, th- those are killer. And uh, I get a really good workout when I, when I use those. I'll have yep. to try those because I, I'm looking for, you know, at my weight, I'm still at, what was I 483 or something last week. So I'm still trying to find things that I feel safe doing that I'm not going to hurt myself. So yeah, I'll have to try that. Right. I don't have a gym membership, but I, I'll have to get one. And uh, I used to use the elliptical a lot and I, I did like it. I've never tried battle ropes so, so I'll have to try that. They look yeah. fun. I like the look of They're it. They're great. <laughs> and there's so much you can do with them. Oh like yeah. It's not, it's not just, you know, throwing them up and down. You can do different techniques that work different parts of you. And each one is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yep. And working out when you're morbidly obese is a totally different challenge than what most people, even personal trainers. Cause I remember I went to school to be a personal trainer um, when I worked with anytime fitness and stuff. And uh, I went through NASM and I realized while going through the curriculum and everything, everything was for a normal person. I mean, granted they had, you know, ways to start getting the base of where people are at and starting to figure out what a person need and their, you know, their imbalances and everything. But it was all based on a normal functioning movement of the human body. That's great and all until you put 35 pounds of fat underneath this arm, it no longer moves the same way. You know, you've automatically restricted some of that mobility. So if you're looking for a certain function of, you know, like your shoulders and your movement or your shoulder blades and stuff like that, trying to get somebody to see where they're at in that balanced platform it is very challenging. And that's one of the things where, you know, I started making it almost a personal agenda at that point in time to try to figure out how do I work out? You know, I can read this material. I can see all of this and stuff. And exactly what you were getting at, David, is what exercises, where where do you go? And that's a huge question for a lot of people because you watch a workout video and they're like, do body squats. That's where you can go. Hold on. Whoa. I'm almost a quarter of a ton. If I go halfway down, guess what? I'm going the rest of the way down. We're, we're yep. sitting down now. I mean, there is no stopping. The body in motion stays in motion until it hits the floor. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Been there, done that. So um, at, at when you're at that weight or that restriction, one, those resistance bands are amazing. They're great workouts. Um, you can do a lot of different functional training with them and getting... I have roses. Thank you, babe. Hand me one. I'm to show everybody. You just... Popping in here. Oh, I get a whole vase. Oh, I take a whole part. Oh, Yay. <laughs> so, anyways, so um, getting back to the functional training of things is the resistance bands are great because you can, like a squat, you know, people saying doing body weight squats. I can take a rubber band and I can put my back flat against the wall, support myself, put one leg flat, and just 
take that band underneath my foot and push directly out and stepping down. Now I can work 100% in the technique where I need to. I no longer have to worry about my foot being in the right plane because my thighs are so big that I can't align that directly up. That's okay that it's out here a little bit. It's not causing any adverse pressure on my hip or on my knee trying to go, you know, left or right to hold for that. Now I can do that motion in the plane where I need to. So that's some of the stuff that I really need to start getting into my channel is showing those exercises because that's, that's where so many people have the question. So resistance bands are an excellent place when you're overweight because you can rethink the idea of you know, the body weight squat, well, we aren't doing that. What we're doing is we're reducing that weight and getting that functional form down and working those muscles there. Um, another thing is uh, suspension training. Uh, you know, the TRX bands, as an overweight person, don't get TRX. Okay, I can go into the reasons for that, but something like NOSK, uh, N-O-S-S-K, they're two separate trainers. They aren't at one attachment point. So one attachment point being wide, causes a problem we don't fit in the middle for every exercise when you have two separate trainers two different attachment points you can put it in a way that we can work on in more areas um elliptical is another great one if you have access to it bicycling a good one unless you're too big to sit on a bike i've been there and done that you know even trying to invest get on the in bike. the seat <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> invest in a, a nice wide one but uh <laughs> um a row machine. Row machine's another good one. I actually have one on order that my wife may or may not know that I'm buying, but I am buying. Um, it has like a 500 pound weight capacity. And as of last year, they were a thousand dollars, you know, and somewhat portable or not portable, but you can put them in a corner of a room. Uh, Concept two is the company that makes them, you know, so not a bad thing. And that's more of a full body workout. It's a challenge, but it's something as being extremely overweight, you can get more of that stuff in action. Um, walking, walking is painful for me. I'm at that point where my knees damaged enough that, you know, for me to walk any extended distance that would start losing weight isn't a good idea for me. However, leaning up against the wall, bending my knees, and bending everything, how we talked about earlier on putting all that weight on those muscles. Now, all of a sudden that at that first, at that highest point is like your quads only move so much in a functional normal range. You know, when you look at a squat, you're all the way down here and then up and down and up. Okay, well that's great having that 90 degrees, but in an actual form of what the human body normally does and walking and stuff, you're only coming to here. So if you're working this section here, being overweight, now granted, trust me, doing a full squat's great, you know, but starting off and only working this section here where you're normally at, leaning against a wall, just doing an air seat, fantastic. If you have access to one of the big, uh, oh, big bouncy balls you sit on, I can't think of what it is called. Exercise ball. Yeah throw that behind your back now you add a little bit more instability there and that'll actually roll with you you know a couple little great things to where you can start getting that function going exercise balls are great if you sit on it and bounce on it enough at a quarter of a ton you can break some 
Just so you know, <laughs> the cheap Walmart one isn't a best idea. But battle ropes, heavy bag. Yeah, I was gonna say the punching bag, boxing. Yeah, I uh, get some gloves in a bag, and man, that that's a great workout. And I mean, you're 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 working your upper body, you know, for the most part. So, and if you want a generic way of doing it, taking a one by six, burying it two foot into the ground, wrapping some rope around it, and punch that bastard until you pull it out of the ground. It's you know, it's one of those cheap things, but there's enough give to where you can beat on that thing. And you know what? You may break it or it may come out of the ground and you dig a new hole and you stamp it back down and you punch at it for a while and you know, have some fun with it. But it has that little bit of movement and that little bit of play that you aren't going to, you know, be hitting a solid tree. You know, we aren't doing any kung fu movies here. We aren't gonna go punch through the bamboo. But yeah, yeah I appreciate that because uh, yeah, like you said, it's something that a lot of people don't realize that when you are more of a little beast trying to exercise it's it's there's a lot of things you can't do um and so it's nice to have some some ideas of what i can do and 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 then i have my goals and uh something to look forward to when i can get back into the things that i used to love like all through high school i did wrestling and football i'd love to you know get back on a wrestling mat or learn jujitsu or something like that but these are things that are very far in the future. If I did wrestling and I laid on somebody now, that they're going to hurt a lot. So, yeah, I think I'll stay off the mats for now. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, that's, like I said, when I started losing weight my, I don't know, third or fourth time of my series, Crazy Yo-Yoing, I focused a lot on, you know, exercise and stuff. And that was always a big concern of mine. You know, at that point in time, my knee was bad still then. But I, yeah, it's a challenge. It's something that I really need to get those videos. So David, another thing, you're my accountability partner that you got to make sure that I get those videos out for people. I'm embarrassed to be in front of the camera, but I also know that I'll sit there and watch an overweight person do an exercise just so I can learn how to do it too. So it's it's one of those where you hate opening that curtain, of, you know, because right now all you see is this. This this isn't that bad. It's all it's all good. You see this head, and yeah, it's chubby, but you know, you get all out and you know trying to do certain exercises, you'd be like, oh, there the belly came out. Yep, I see it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which. I don't know. I, I shouldn't be that self-conscious about it because, you know, a belly on a girl wearing a bikini is sexy. I can't help it. Your mindset's not right that mine's not sexy. It's in your head. <laughs> I'm going to, I want to touch back real quick on, uh, you were talking about the things that overweight people can't do and, uh, like the difference in like the gym and whatnot. I had a personal trainer who was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to bend over and touch our toes. And I said to her, I was like, the only way I'm going to touch my toes is if you got a hacksaw somewhere and you chop them off and hand them to me, because there's no way I can get around this gut and grab them toes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's one of the things when I was going through the personal training curriculum and stuff, I was like, man, if somebody told me or asked me to do this, that that would be, that could crush someone, you know, just like bend over and touch your toes, looking at them, realizing how imbalanced they are. You're not starting at a normal position. You aren't starting 
within a normal realm of things. I understand now that, you know, the certain function you're wanting to see with that particular thing. But like you said, your big belly's in the way. And we get big enough, especially on the upper body, balance becomes a serious thing. It's not uh, what if I'm going to fall over. No, when you put 250 pounds out here, something wants to fall on over. It's just <laughs> how it works, folks. You can't sit there and be like, do a plank. Let's see how long you can do a plank. I'm sorry. My belly's still on the floor. Do you want that off too? Because, <laughs> you know, I can lay here and have my arms out, and my toes touching and not really holding much up. Just you kind of put the world record for planking. <laughs> right, exactly. Belly, yeah. 23 or 32 years. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good job. We did it. Um, right. So we're, we're, we're at an hour right now. Is there anything else uh, either you, you guys want to bring up before we close her down? Man, I thought we were just getting into it. <laughs> no, like it, it does feel like it, it went pretty quick, actually. Um, and I we have one more thing I thought of if we want to get into it. If we don't, if we want to wrap up, it's fine. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Okay, so um, this is something that Corey and I were talking about a little bit uh, earlier in our own chat. Um, we were talking about work and, you know, you're talking about a photo shoot and that you had and that it had, some, you know, it was a lot of work for somebody our size. So that's something I've been thinking about for work because right now I work from home as a claims adjuster. So I'm just sitting at my desk all day. But if I do want to eventually switch up my job, um, you know, if I'm interviewing some places, there's kind of two aspects that have crossed my mind about going for a job. So number one is when you interview, do you feel like it's something that employers will look at and, you know, kind of assume, hey, this person's lazy. They look like this so that they're probably not somebody they want to hire. And then number two, the limiting factor of weight in having options what's available to you in far as, as far as selecting a job so those are just two things that have been kind of been on my mind recently i yeah i did a video on this and i'm really harsh on it and i, I took quite a bit of flack because i i hire people i'm you know in a position to where i manage some things and even being overweight as an employer, and I just speak clearly, when you look at somebody who's morbidly obese come in and apply for a job, most employers are going to think health risk. They're going to think injury risk. They're going to think productivity through the day. Because when you're hiring a person, you aren't hiring a person. You're hiring to a certain job to be fulfilled. You know, a lot of people want to say, well, I'm a good person. I'm you know, qualified and everything, that's great. But at the end of the day, and it looks, you know, when you cut it down to black and white, most employers don't give a crap about personnel. They give a crap about bottom line. And when you're looking at bottom line and stuff, anyone who is overweight does have it held against them, you know, plain and simple. And I don't like to crush hearts that way or anything, but I think it's a reality that we all need to have. It's just the same as beautiful people make more money. It's a proven fact. The better looking you are, the more potential you have for a solid income. You know, it, it plays on that scale. So us being down here, 
it's taken me years and years of creating my own job. My job that I am in right now with the two businesses that I own or manage, I manage one, own the other, but I created them. It's not something that, you know, oh, hey, you're a great pick for this. No, it was finding, you know, I'm here and building that career. So it's it's taken a lot. So for wanting to go out and interview when you are overweight and knowing you have that limitation ahead of time, that even when you lose, you know, 200 pounds and you're feeling great and you got energy and you can work all day long now. You know, that's, that's one of the things where right now, if you ask me to go do something for eight hours straight, I wouldn't be able to, because I know I'm physically not able to, you know, as an employer, they aren't going to want to hire me because of that. Now, if I lose, you know, a hundred, 150 pounds, I'm still going to be morbidly obese, but I know I'll have that energy to work through that day. When you're going to, depending on what job you're going to, you want to be able to confront those and show those abilities ahead of time of these are the adversities that I've already overcome. You know, a lot of people say, well, you got to go to college for a career. You know what the bulk of uh, employers think about college, what it is, is you're willing to go through four years of this shit to try to get this kind of a job. You're willing to go through four years of things that may never pertain to what you're going to go to you're willing to say yes and you're willing to persevere through that and pay for that to have that level of a job. Same thing, whereas us, we have certain life experiences that we've already persevered through, that we're living through, that nobody else can bring to the table. And when you're looking at a job interview and wanting to change a career, you're bringing that game to that. This is what I can go through. This is what I can persevere. This is why I'm better. You automatically have to put that ball in your court and you have to take lead on that directly. You can't, you know, let it be like, look at them or let them look at you and create their opinion right away. They've already created that when that door opened. They've already started it. So now it's your turn to be like, no, this is my skill set. This is where I'm at. Are you qualified to actually employ me? That's usually where I start with most people when I go in for a job. The last time I was in an interview is I interviewed the employer is, are you qualified? And I took notes. They called me out of the blue, said, hey, I got this problem. I heard you're the guy I need to hire. I took a notepad in there. And the first thing I did before he said anything, what are your three biggest problems that you have that you want addressed? I took advantage of the interview process at that point in time to where I was interviewing them to see if they were even qualified to hire me at that point in time. So whenever we're with this is you got to take your life experiences that you've been able to have and you bring that to the table with your A game because you have an experience nobody else can persevere through. I mean, very, very few people can be at 500 pounds and have that mental aptitude to realize I got to change and I got to go and I got to keep going. Not only am I going to go, David, you have this ability to show the world what you're going through in a way that very few people can look at your tone look at how everybody replies to you responds to you and this and you're just chill and you're you just have this you know aura about it that i enjoy watching other people enjoy watching i've heard other people make the comments of it so you got to find those strong suits and you're bringing that directly to it ready to go get a job 
<laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> um, that kind of brings up a follow-up question then, because I did recently have a video Skype interview, and in my head, I'm like, okay, she's asking me questions. Do I bring up my weight, or do I just let it not not mention it? You know, or do I say, hey, I just want to throw it out there. I know I'm a big person. Um, I'm obese, but I am. I've lost you know X amount of weight this year. Working really hard. I'm a hard worker. Do you, what do you think? Do you mention that to somebody, or do you just not mention that and kind of unless they bring it up? My weight has nothing to do with my ability. There's a book out there called Think and Grow Rich. It was written like in the 1920s or 1930s. It's an older book, but it still applies. And after reading it, the way that it goes on and goes through, it may take you the first chapter to realize what that entire book is over, or it may be the third chapter or whatever. But then all of a sudden you realize you have the ability to develop your world. Plain and simple. If your weight or whatever the situation is, if your disability is a problem enough that you think that you need to tell somebody about, then it presents that problem up front that you're, you have this problem. My weight is not a problem with any of the work I do because I will find a way around it. If that means that I have to take a leadership role and I'm putting you to work, then that's what I'm doing. I don't care if you own the company. If I have that ability to see that, you know, this job needs filled, this needs done, and I can be in that director position, that I can see it ahead of time before you do in your position, I'm putting you to work on that while I'm doing this other task. I'm multitasking, showing that now you are not paying my wage to get your job done because I'm doing this, which is worth value to you as well. The company that I work at, the owner is always out doing work. I have a list for him to do just because I keep him directed. I keep things directed. That's one of my strong suits is, you know, putting people to work. I see a problem ahead of time. This is where we go. It also keeps me to where I can stay focused in the realm of where I know I'm most productive and most profitable. So it keeps that looking good too on a business side. So the owner has no problem. Oh, this remedial task, I don't have to pay anybody to do. I can do that. Good. He goes, yes, it. you know, and it works out pretty fantastic that way yeah so, so i every time i've interviewed i've always brought it up um and it's because i'm insecure about it um i don't want like i i go into the interview thinking well they think i'm lazy they think you know i'm i'm a risk whatever so i i've talked about this all the time like i project my thoughts onto other people. And so whenever I interview, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm working on losing the weight. And I, you know, I'll even say that I've lied about it, you know, working out to these employers just so they don't not hire me just because of that. So, um, but like Corey said, I, you know, your, your weight and your size isn't, you know, your worth. So, if you can provide that worth to them, it, it doesn't matter. But on the other hand, I do feel, um, you know, they're not supposed to judge. They're not supposed to, you know, say, well, I'm not going to hire you because of this or because of that, but people are human, you know, and like, I've talked to my wife about it saying, you know, if I went in for a job right now, 
I and I, if I was hiring somebody that came in at my size, that's what I would think. I would I would be thinking that you know this person is is big. Is he going to be able to handle the the job that he's applying for? And you know that that terrifies me that I, I think like that. But yeah, like like Corey said though, if you're you know show your worth, prove your worth, and uh, yeah. Yep. Cause unfortunately, you know, too many people, you know, on an employee standpoint is workman's comp is expensive and being overweight, heart attacks are reality, you know, slipping and falling and having major damage is a reality. It's a risk factor, a risk analysis that, you know, an employer is going to take into effect, especially if they've hired a lot of people or a larger corporation there's risk analysis that as a hiring position you're going to be educated on that does hold things against people you know plain and simple it's just a a checklist of all kinds of things from education to you know credit report you know companies today will look at your credit report and use that as a determining factor on whether you're getting that job or not most people don't realize that that that's something there's a reason why we want your social security number and your date of birth and everything first we aren't just running your background check we're running your credit report we're running you know as much history as we can pull before you come into the interview process i'm looking at your facebook i'm looking at your instagram and i'm looking back 5 10 15 years if i can i'm looking back as much as i can to see what kind of person you are before i even hire you because I realize and know that if I can look back five years and see the group of friends that you're with and the things that you're doing, those habits are still inherently there. You know, whether you're doing that now or not, have you gotten married in between? Do you have kids? What's your credit look like now? Are you building it? Is it worse? You know, all these things are accessible if you pay for it. And there's companies you can sign on for for $49.95 a year and I can run your full credit report your criminal history and everything and by the time we're interviewing I already know who you are you know I I know quite a bit so that's where it takes you know having a little bit of a you own it is what I tell people you don't care what my past is I don't care what you think I look like I know what I am and I know where I'm going And you can either be on board and have the privilege of having me in your life because this is the skill set I'm bringing or the next guy gets to have the privilege. And if you sit around too long, I may just start a business just to be competitive directly against you. And if you want me as a competitor, let's do it. So like you saying that, that, that really, um, I want to say gives me hope, you know, like how, like I, I knew, I knew that they would look at, they look at that stuff. Right. But, um, I mean, I've never been in the hiring role, but that makes perfect sense. Like, you know, who's coming in to interview. It's not just a random, oh, so who's this guy, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like that answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I've... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go on, David. No, I was just going to say that I uh, tried to sign up for the optional life insurance at work. <laughs> And they, I sent them my info, and then like a week later, I got the letter back, like thanks but no thanks, like it hey, will call you kind of thing. So 
I did not get that life yeah. insurance because you know at my size they, they just don't want to take the risk so it's a it's a numbers game it's a cold hard facts and in some cases the employers will will have to look at those facts like you're talking about for workman's comp and things like that so but I, I totally agree with your overall outlook that I think that there's going to be opportunities if you know your worth you can go out and find what you're worth absolutely Absolutely. You got to play to your strong suits and you got to realize that people are willing to look at that and you can't let it get you down. You know, you got to, it's the cruel real world that people always look down and people judge anymore. And it's worse and worse every year. It's, you know, the truth. An employer doesn't have to say, I'm not hiring you because you're fat. They can just say, I'm not hiring you because you're not qualified. Now, just the same as they can't say that they're not hiring you because you're black or you're Hispanic or whatever. You know, you just don't meet the criteria in which we're looking for. Anybody ever hear that one before? You know, it's it's pretty straightforward, simple stuff that, you know, being fat is not something that is able to be discriminated against. I mean, when you look at it in a, a real world thing is there is no discrimination against fat people. You know, if you're overweight, you're overweight. Your insurance is higher. Car insurance can be higher if you're overweight. Because you have a higher risk of having damage on things. Health insurance, like you said, life insurance, oh, forget it. You aren't getting life insurance. Health insurance since Obama, since they can't ask, you know, that that's one benefit we have for health insurance there. But as a company, then all of your rates go up just to, you know, favor for that but I'm sure you've ran into a little bit of that haven't you David in your position or um yeah I, I don't know as far as health insurance are my company's like several thousand people so it's it, I think they have a pretty flat rate for everybody but yeah I, I've definitely like I, I, I in my one of my most recent videos I talked about how that several of the family has gotten COVID here recently in my family and so, you know, we go to the doctor and I went to the urgent care and there's a new lady that I haven't seen there. And so just immediately she's like right on me, like, oh, look, you know, look at your size. Like you're going to be in trouble here, basically. And so um, I think that uh, it's definitely something where I've seen where my size immediately has an impression on people, whether it be somebody I've interviewed, uh, somebody I've, uh, you know, colleagues, you see like the little, like, I don't know if you guys know that I see like the little eye look down at my belly kind of sometimes. Um, and I'm like, Oh, I, I saw that. Um, but you know, that, that impression that you give people, no matter what, like you said, your weight is not your worth. And I, I'm definitely kind of growing the confidence that, Hey, I have, I, I know where I, who I am. I know where I'm headed and it's so nice to connect with people in a community that, that kind of have that same train of thought. Well, and I think realistically, we can go all the way back to where we started on this and on step number two, knowing where you're at. I think, you know, it's really easy to look at our negatives and things, but I think whenever we take a full assessment of where you're at is you should take a positive assessment as well is you are at somewhere where you're making a choice. You're at somewhere where you're taking a stand. You're at somewhere where you're making an action happen. So 
I, I think it's easy that we have this self view of ourselves and we look at all those negatives and we start piling that list and all of a sudden we're overwhelmed and our progression stops right there versus starting off and being like, no, I have a value. I have a value so much that David, you brought this up at one point in time where your family and friends were waiting to support you mm-hmm. almost is like, as soon as you open that door, all of a sudden you've seen how other people cared mm-hmm. you know we have people in the background that are waiting to support us we just may not realize it we're in our own self-pity our own self-doubt or our own severe depression or wherever we're at we're in this hole or whatever sometimes people are just waiting for you to open the door come out of the closet and they're hell they're there with your pants to put on it's time to go for a walk Let's go, buddy. (laughs) That's one thing I I heard a while ago. Somebody say they said so many people are like wanting to um, be the helper. Like, hey, let me help you out with that. Let me help you with that. But it's such a different strength to be able to say, I need help with this. And like you said, when you when you're able to say that to people, they're like, oh, gosh, yeah. Like, I've been wanting to talk to you about that or like, let me help you out with doing this. So. I've had like my family members offer to like film me like and it's just you know there's a huge support that's there once you open the door like you said yep absolutely and if there isn't a support in your local area there's places like here there's you know a thousand different places now where people are willing to help support i i don't even know how many forums there are on uh, facebook or groups or whatever you call them anymore i'm showing my age there forums i think that's a thing <laughs> of the past now but you know different avenues and i know like you david how many times are you willing to sit there and answer a question just because somebody has something similar that you're dealing with mm-hmm. and yeah every time yeah Right, Luke, you're the same way. Adam's the same way. I don't mind taking the time. I mean, that's 100% of the reason why I do this is because I've went through enough that I have a knowledge that I know is worth a value to someone. I don't ever have to meet you. You just have to hear it once. And you may be listening to this that we recorded this three years ago and you're hearing it now and be like, oh yeah, I needed that. Great, perfect, you know? So I think there's definitely a, a value to it. There's definitely, you know, no matter where you're at in your journey, and if you haven't opened that door yet and you're just, you know, sitting in your own little dark world, it's time to open up. You know, there's there's some things there. That step's hard and can be a challenge because we isolate ourselves off so much. Some people, you know, are living at home right now and have never stepped out in the past year and aren't going to because of whatever reasons you know you got to open the door and if that's just reaching out to an online group or reaching out to you know anybody that there's people here willing to help you just we don't know you you got to let us know who you are you know david your goal that you talked about is trying to do a non-profit to help people on things right Mm -hmm. right I mean, think about that potential that if people would just say, I, I want to be one of those people mm-hmm. right now, that, that can start instantly just by somebody being like, I, I want to be that person. Can I, can I be person number one? Mm-hmm. 
you know and it starts and you use the resources that you have whether it's your knowledge whether it's you know financial or whatever just being a friend and you start helping people one at a time mm-hmm. i love it man it's awesome <laughs> yeah that people helping people that's and like and that that's not like a plug for our group you know like there's tons of groups out there um like the the one that i'm in the it's a men's support group i love that one but then i'm in another one that's just weight loss motivation and it's all of them are great they all benefit and they all help and push us forward and help us reach our goal absolutely so with that guys i think we'll call it an evening david thanks for being you know the third person on our little tricycle today greatly greatly appreciate it i'm going to do my best to try to get everybody's links in um feel free to let us know any questions that you guys have anything like that check out luke's podcasts luke loses there's some links in the description we'll plug some stuff on trimming the fat um both the podcast page and the support group they're two different things but we're all still there tied together and you guys have anything else you want to close on no man it's been great thanks for having me hey thanks again we appreciate you mm-hmm. all right we'll see you all next week and if you need anything in between don't hesitate we're here open that door it's time to step out <laughs> it's good. bye